If you get self-conscious while eating hot dogs in public, my new invention, the Glizzy Gripper, perfectly hides the hot dog as you shove it into your mouth. <laughs> Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, June 8th. I'm J.E. Skeets, rolling with the homie in a nice t-shirt today. Tass Mellis. Sup, fellas? What's up, Tassie? Yeah, looking good in your purple No Dunks. <laughs> we also got my top shot hot boy, fellow freak, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Hey! hey. Yo. 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 The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. <laughs> and last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button. Leave your comments below the video and in the stream team. And subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. A couple new uh, vids coming for you uh, later today. New Top Shot Hot Boys because Trey Kirby scored himself uh a Meagle pack yesterday there. <laughs> That's right. Got my metallic gold Lee Ellis MGLE ready to rip open sometime <laughs> this afternoon. Skeetsy. And of course, we got the big news. The wedgie moam finally dropped. We'll get into all of it this afternoon. Yeah, looking uh, at about 4 p.m. Eastern time here on Tuesday. If you want to join us for a Top Shot Hot Boys and talk a little Top Shot. Keep sending in your questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' podcast. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter and send them in that way, at nodunksinc, I-N-C. We're going to hit the beach tomorrow. Yeah, Wednesday, tomorrow already. So you can join us live again on YouTube at around 3 p.m. Eastern in the afternoon there. All right, and finally, go grab your No Dunks merch, like that sweet shirt Tass is wearing, over at nodunks.com. So you can, too, uh, do some great dips in your computer <laughs> chair. Those arms are looking awesome. Okay. Let's get into the action. We also got another award handed out. We'll get to a bit later in the show. But first, rejuvenated Chris Paul leading the Suns over the Nuggets 122-105 in Game 1. Lili, get us started. Big takeaway from uh, this Game 1 victory. Well, for two and a half quarters, the Nuggets were in control and looking pretty good. Jokic seemed to be doing his thing, and Chris Paul was really struggling. And then it was a huge third quarter run. The, the Suns got super hot. Everyone started hitting shots. The crowd was going wild. They got back into the game. They took the lead, and the Nuggets offense pretty much went cold from there. They couldn't get anything going. And the Suns, on the other hand, got it from everyone. Bridges was great. Tory Craig had a huge dunk. Devin Booker had a monster three. And then the start of the fourth quarter, Chris Paul, who honestly in that first half just really really seemed to be struggling, was a, an absolute master, a, a technician, if you like, uh, to start that fourth quarter, getting into his mid-range there, hitting those shots, finding guys outside in the pick and roll as well, and then hitting a three dagger over uh, Paul Millsap. Kevin Harlan, a brilliant call last night from Kevin Harlan on the call, described it as squeezing their throat. And that's really what it felt like. It just felt like Chris Paul was like, okay, give me the ball. I'm going to close this one out and make sure that this is a safe one. He stayed until about two and a half minutes in, left in the game. Uh, and it was an 18-point lead. And it was just, that's what Chris Paul, that's why the Suns traded for him, you know, to come over and show them how to show, close out these games uh, in, in, a, in a playoff environment. Um, I thought it was just a really fun game. And a couple of points I took out from it as well. I thought, I thought DeAndre Ayton probably wins the battle of the big one, big men in this one. Uh, he couldn't really stop Jokic, but I don't think Jokic could really stop him at the other end either. I think Ayton going 20 and 10 on 9 for 13 shooting. 
You'll take that every time from the Suns. We know Aiton isn't a great defender, and Jokic is one of the toughest guys to match up on. And I actually thought, uh, for Monty Williams, I thought Jay Crowder did a decent job just bodying Jokic. He's obviously giving up a ton of height there, Mm -hmm. but I thought Jokic wasn't able to just sort of slip past him and get any of those easy buckets late in that uh, third and fourth quarter there to try to keep Denver in it. So I certainly like him more than I like, you know, a a Saric or a Kaminsky getting minutes there on Jokic. It's, It's not easy for whoever it is, but I thought the Suns did a decent job, and I thought Jokic also just ran out of gas a little bit uh, in the second half there. But if you're the Nuggets as well, I saw some good signs, and I, I think this one, while it ended up being a pretty convincing victory for the Suns, uh, I saw some good things as well, and I thought, um, you know, they tried to exploit Devin Booker on defense. I think that's going to be a focus of theirs going forward. And uh, I just didn't think it was a terrible game. I just think it was that third quarter run, the momentum, fans back in arenas, Suns carried it into that fourth quarter, and then Chris Paul closed it out. So good fun game here and uh, a good win for, by the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, Tass, the, the Phoenix Suns crowd, it was hype. I mean, it was coming through on the broadcast. Like, that that crowd was – you could tell they, uh, you know, have not had a, like, sort of meaningful playoff game in a very, very long time there. That building was rocking, especially like Lee said, when they went on that third quarter run where Bridges, I thought, sort of did a lot of damage. And then in the fourth quarter, it was Chris Paul. He did this all season long, if you watch Suns games. Like, it was Chris Paul with a bunch of bench guys – usually at the start of the fourth quarter, building leads, putting games away. And that's what happened here in game one. But a really fun game, I thought. It was a blast. And I think the MVP might be the audio technician in the building because, (laughs) yeah, we're talking about how loud it was. The fans were very loud. But the audio technician does a great job of sneaking in the audio. He's still pumping in some audio there. I was listening to it with headphones because he was doing such a good job. He was It was such a nice level, never too high, never too low, always at the right time because it did sound like the, the Suns were, fans were taking over. And this was a home court playoff win for me. The Nuggets have nothing to be ashamed of. They were playing so, so great. This series is going to be a blast. Ten guys who can make a play on the floor basically at all times, especially with the starters. It, it, was, it was awesome. And uh, the Nuggets, yeah, had that lead in the third quarter, but it's a home court win and that sometimes in the playoffs when the crowd is rocking when the audio technician is doing his job yeah you're gonna have a great run and that's what the Suns did in in that third quarter and everybody everybody contributing as Lee said especially Mikel Bridges it's like found money uh, with him when he has such an incredible game because when the Nuggets are out there looking at the perimeter scores for the Phoenix Suns, obviously you have to run out to Devin Booker and cover him. Obviously, with Chris Paul back, uh, you got to go cover him. And Jay Crowder uh, banging home shots, you have to cover him. But Mikel Bridges is the fourth option on the perimeter. You have to, uh, you know, uh, you have to expect that Mikel Bridges will get some open shots just because of how many great players the Suns have. And he was taking guys off the bounce. He was hitting his three-point shots. Uh, The fact that he can come in and have a night like that where he ended up 8 of 12, I believe, uh, that is, that's perfect stuff. And, And the difference in this series might be Chris Paul being back. I mean, he didn't look like himself in the first round at all. Uh, and he had an incredible fourth quarter with 14 of his 21 points, yeah, where he took over. Uh, but, uh, yeah, nothing nothing to be ashamed of uh, from the Denver Nuggets. The one-on-one battle between Jokic and Aiton uh, that, that Trey talked about coming into the series, you know, we'll get to that was extremely, extremely key, that Aiton, um, everybody talking about, you know, Luca and Trey from the 2018 draft class uh, during these, this postseason. While Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton making their names known uh, throughout this game. But this series is a blast, and it's just one game for me. I think the Nuggets uh, will be back. Uh, but, yeah, obviously the Suns, 
The Suns have got to feel damn good as well, getting contributions from 1 through 12, plus the audio technician. He's their, uh, he's their sixth <laughs> man. Yeah, I guess well, so. I guess uh, their 14th man has got to be Guy Fieri sitting courtside. Yeah. Mm, I That's a it. good omen. If he's sitting courtside, that means your team could win the championship. <laughs> I thought he was a Warriors fan, but apparently yeah. his son was rocking the Suns jersey. I imagine he has more than one spot on the West Coast. So sure, landed a little or loaning a little star power there. That's when you knew it was over. But yeah, incredible performance by the Suns. And I thought Aiton, like you're saying, Lee, by not losing the battle with Jokic, he basically won the battle with Jokic. If they're going to play to a draw, that's an advantage, no doubt, for the Suns. He played basically the exact same minutes as Jokic last night. I think they both ended up at 36 minutes and 25 seconds, only one personal foul call. And uh, he was doing such a good job playing straight-up defense on Jokic that... Uh, the Nuggets weren't able to get those easy double teams. Pass, pass, pass. Somebody's shooting a wide open three. Maybe Michael Porter Jr. from the corner. But if I'm the Nuggets, I'm feeling all right after this because that was a lights out game for the Suns. Like y'all are saying, the crowd was hype. I'm seeing in the stream team skeets, they're saying that Phoenix Suns Arena greater than Madison Square Garden at this point. <laughs> Maybe it was the audio technician, sure. I don't know, but after that alley-oop to Tory Craig in traffic, oh. they showed those kids going nuts. That's got to be the greatest moment of their lives as Phoenix Suns fans. That was wild stuff. Nuggets, though, don't panic. They get better as these series go on. They figure things out. They've been one of the most resilient teams in the league the past two years. Obviously, they came back from down 3-1 twice last season. They lost game one against the Blazers. They just got to have a little bit better attention to detail. I think Michael Malone said they gave up eight and ones uh, last night. That can't happen. You got to play a little bit tougher. It would be nice if Will Barton came back. It'd be nice if Michael Porter Jr. is healthy. But really, you just got to win one game in Phoenix. So bad one for the Nuggets last night, but didn't seem like basically anybody was going to be able to beat the Suns. Yeah, they were they were riding high there, especially yeah, you're right. I'm glad you brought up that Tory Craig oop. My God, I thought the roof was gonna blow off the place on that one. I was surprised Tory Craig went up and got that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was tough. Go, I mean, it was pretty high for Tory Craig. I didn't didn't know he had quite those hops in him, but uh, he had nine points, seven boards, and 15 minutes uh, against uh, his former team. He was in Denver for a while, of course, uh, before making his way till to Milwaukee, and they decided they didn't want him or need him at all, and maybe they could use him right now because we'll get to that series. But yeah, everybody. Everybody on the Suns uh, played incredible because even Booker, like 21 and 8, picking his spots. You guys said 8 and 20 and 10. Chris Paul, Lee, you call him a technician, spot on. Like his ability to just go pick and roll, switch hunting, right? Like mm -hmm. deciding on the court, like, hmm, who do I want on me here? <laughs> Let's make this. Like he really is like a chess master in that sense. Like it's that's why he's called the point guard because it's like his just control of the game and every piece on the board is pretty wild. Uh, you know, and he is looking healthier, like you guys said, because it was just mid-range jumper after mid-range jumper, usually after a couple switches to get the guy he wanted on him, and uh, there was nothing they could do about it. And then and if it was the intention was on him, of course he's going to find the open guy as well. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, that's what was missing in those couple of games against the Lakers in game yeah. two and three where he just couldn't shoot. He didn't have that confidence in his arm. But again, last night in the fourth quarter, because it was still a close enough game that the Nuggets could have uh, you know, gotten back into it, and Chris Paul's like, there's just no way I'm letting anyone do this. And so he would dance with the big man, hit that mid-range, and then on the on the second chance opportunity with Paul Millsap there, you could see it coming. You could yeah. see he's going, I'm getting this shot up. You know, did a little dance afterwards. And uh, again, that was one of those situations that just sort of felt with that 
that home crowd behind them. It was just a, a dagger, and there was still about eight minutes to go in the game, but it just felt like, okay, Chris Paul is not walking off the court with a loss here tonight. So it, he is so incredibly fun to watch when he's at his best. You know, like a lot of guys, when they're just feeling it and they're in that groove and they decide how they're going to go about scoring or setting up their teammates, uh, it, it's fun to watch. So, yeah, this this really does set up to be a fascinating series, though, because it, it certainly wasn't an embarrassing loss for Denver. It was just they just sort of got outplayed there for, you know, a quarter and a half. It really wasn't even a quarter and a half. It was about, it was about a 12-minute to 14-minute stretch over that third period into the fourth period where they got outplayed. But that was enough for Phoenix to take this one. So uh, interested to see how they respond to this one, the Nuggets, because uh, as Trey was saying, they pretty much often lose the first game of a series. Um, and then they start to figure out. It's almost like the LeBron strategy they lose. I mean, they... Uh, <laughs> You know, they do that and then things get going. So, um, but again, so enough good signs that the Nuggets are, uh, are going to have another one, except for, you know, their backcourt wasn't very good and then Monte Morris off the bench was pretty bad for them uh, in this one. But, and he was fantastic in the Lakers exactly, series. Yeah, exactly, exactly. In, uh, in the Blazers series, yeah. In the Blazers series, he gave them a real punch off the bench, but just not last night. But that's okay. It's one game, first game of a seven-game series. So uh, I expect a, a better performance from Denver in game two. Yeah, you pointed out too, Lee, um, one thing that I thought was, you know, good for the Nuggets I guess was putting Devin Booker in action and Aaron Gordon went at him multiple times and Mm -hmm. sort of had his way with him I mean he's obviously much bigger I thought Aaron Gordon was aggressive now the flip side of that is maybe the Suns are like that's okay Uh, we'll live with that any day of the week Aaron Gordon's gonna beat us are you kidding me Uh, sure make make the ball go to him as much as possible make him take as many shots but if that's the strategy or not from the Suns defense I don't know but uh, he he did play well I thought and put Booker in the basket a couple times because he's just way bigger than him. Yeah, well, that, that that's just one way they can try to exploit a, a mismatch there. because And also you saw Gordon on Booker on the other end a couple of times as well. So uh, that, you know, you can't have uh, Jokic just have to control every single offensive possession. Other guys have got to say, okay, I've got Booker, I'm just going to go inside. Finished 8 for 14, 18 points. That's not a bad return there from Aaron Gordon. So uh, I think you're just going to see it again. I mean, this is something we haven't seen so far for what Trey Young's had to do for the uh, Atlanta Hawks. So I think in that aspect, Michael Malone's like, you know, we have to find other guys have to be able to go out there and create a basket for themselves. We have to have other guys contributing to the offense. So I expect to see them try to do that more often because Gordon's a big load there. I mean, he's got what? He's got at least five, six inches, I think, on, uh, on Devin Booker. So you've got an advantage like that. You've got to try to exploit it. Tass, do you think... The Nuggets do need Will Barton or PJ Dozier back in this series, like to uh, to pull it out, or can they do it even without them if those guys didn't play? And by all accounts, they might be back this series at some point. Uh, yeah, it's a good question because the Suns feel like they have more weaponry in every position. So it, it, yeah, the, my first thought is sure the Nuggets could use some more offense, but I, I think they need more Joker. I, I don't like the offense going through Aaron Gordon right. uh, very often. I, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to be, for him to be their second leading scorer. Uh, I, yeah, that's a win for the Suns. I, I think Joker needs to have a bit of a better game. I mean, he was he was solid out there, uh, but the ball was you know doing a little. It was slipping through his fingers a little bit. He, he just didn't have a a great joker game a 10 of 23 he can shoot better than that and uh, and four turnovers it just wasn't a perfect joker game and that's and that's entirely fine uh, but uh, uh you know when you're on the road and it's a tough game you, you just can't afford to have these little runs like at the end of the second quarter they had a, a chance the nuggets did to to increase that lead and joker uh, passed up a shot uh, or he was in the post actually with jay crowder and he 
told the composite to go to the other side and then they threw it way over. It was a crazy pass from the other side of the, the court to get it to the post to him and he chucked it sort of off the side of the backboard. It was a, it was a bad shot um, on, on the near side and then next possession it went through Porter Jr.'s hands. They just have to be sharper, and uh, I, you know, I, 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 I get the idea. Hey, we need these guys back, but at the same time, what if they struggle for a game and a half or two mm-hmm. because they're rusty? It, with the Suns, you just—they're not going to falter. I don't think the Suns are going to beat themselves in this game. So, I get the idea, but it, there's there's worry that comes with that, especially with Chris Paul. I mean, I think I think the sharp guys on the Nuggets just have to be sharp because it seems like Chris Paul is back, baby. It seems like they have another guy to help close a game. Devin Booker didn't have to close game one whatsoever. That Chris Paul was up uh, was was handling the ball up 16, 2:30 left. Devin Booker was looking for it. Uh, Chris Paul said, "Look at the clock. I mean, you could you could <laughs> see on 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 the the ISO of him on the the close up of him." We got time. Let's let's chill out. Let me dribble out. You can run around. We'll give it to you later in the possession. Devin Booker didn't have to be that guy. He's going to be that guy at, at some point. So uh, some things to worry about. But, yeah, it's, it's a good question about Will. And uh, I would say no. I would say uh, I, I'm just worried now that the Nuggets don't get one here in, in Phoenix. So, uh, you know, rust, rust isn't a great idea right now for, for the Nuggets, for me anyway. And bringing some of those guys back. Yeah. And, and we did see them, like we said. Monte Morris was incredible in the last series. Austin Rivers had incredible moments in the last series. Compazzo had his moments. Had a beautiful pass in this one, too, Lee. I'm sure you were uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. geeking out over that one, that little over-the-head <laughs> flick back to, to Joker. But, yeah, I think they could really use a guy like Will Barton so, uh, at, at this point because you just, like, have you already gotten more than you even hoped for from some of those guys I just mentioned, uh, like sort of the Nuggets reserves that have been pushed into these more starting minutes? And maybe, you're right, Taz, it could backfire, but... I guess we'll see what happens in game two. I don't think there's any like word that he's going to be back for game two. Uh, maybe it is the hope that they can get him back when they go back to Denver here for three or four. So I think that's what they said at the start of the series. Somewhere in the middle, maybe you could expect a Will Barton, maybe even a P.J. Dozier uh, back. More bodies. Yeah, at least give it a go. And if they look real, uh, you know, rusty or not healthy enough, then you know, whatever. You just go back to what you were working with in the first round. But I think they could really, you guys, like just Barton's energy alone. Because you said it. There's so many guys out there flying around for the Suns, and that ball moves. Mm. You know, he is athletic, and he can at least uh, contribute a little bit just to the to the mayhem of this game. Because it was back and forth, Trey. It was. Like, right from the jump, it was like no rust at all with these teams in the in the first, like, couple of minutes in the first quarter. It was like, wow, this is awesome basketball. Now, I don't know if that was compounded by the fact that we just watched the Nets hammer the Bucks and we were, like, <laughs> watched, like, 24 minutes of pointless basketball in the second half there. But the energy and just the execution, I thought, was pretty high from both these teams. Yeah, no doubt. The first half looked like the series that we were expecting, and the second half looked like home court advantage was a real thing because in that third quarter, once Bridges started heating up, that was the first time that the Nuggets really didn't respond uh, to kind of a hit that the that, that the Suns had made that gave them the energy. They threw the oop uh, to Torrey Craig, crowds going wild, and then Chris Paul took over there in the fourth quarter. That was really the Suns, I felt, riding the wave of the fans. It was really impressive, and, you know, they just smelled blood in the water and they went after the Nuggets and the Nuggets weren't able to respond where they have been in the past. I'm with you, Skeets. Having more bodies will help just so that when it's an Austin Rivers game, not in the good way, when he's got seven points, yeah. you can try somebody else. You know, Jamichael Green was one of the guys out there closing for uh, the Nuggets last night. Part of that was because Michael Porter Jr. had a wrap on his back. Not a great sign uh, if you're a Nuggets fan, but they had to have somebody out there. 
Maybe you would like to have it be P.J. Dozier. That guy's a pretty solid defender, but he also hasn't played in a little bit. Maybe you would like it to be Will Barton. A little more juice off the dribble. Also hasn't played in a little bit. Yeah. Tass is right, though. It starts with Jokic. He's got to be plus 30 every single game for the Nuggets to win this thing. Yeah, it's pretty wild that... I mean, this is where he's at in his career already, Lee. He goes for 22-9, and nine, and it's like... Yeah, it's mm. just not. It's just not good enough, especially with no Jamal Murray and not and little little help against a great Suns team, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's fair when you're a superstar. Uh, we do it with Giannis. We do it with a bunch of guys. Like twenty two and nine, yeah. From you recently, that's not amazing game. And and Aiton deserves a lot of credit though because yeah. he might be strong enough, like young enough, he can get up and down the floor. Of course, put a little pressure on Jokic that way too, and just having him trying to keep up. That you know he deserves some credit for keeping at least. Jokic in check here and Trey going into the series was like Aiton's got to stay out of foul trouble and so far so good in game one like you guys said the only one foul there yeah well and he only had three assists as well Jokic which just shows again I haven't broken it down as far as uh, how many assist potentials he had out there as far as missed shots but that's the sort of thing I think that uh, Monty Williams is trying to take away is like if, if, if Jokic is at his best and he's getting eight or nine assists and putting up 25 30 points I would say the Nuggets win a high percentage of those games. So they took away kind of both of those, really. You know, kept his scoring down and kept his assist down. And then you have to rely on other guys to get the points there. So I think that was just a really good strategy that uh, that the Suns uh, tried last night. And it worked. And again, it only worked really for that sort of, you know, 12 to 14 minute period. Because in the first half, it looked like the Nuggets were in complete control here without Jokic having to do it all. So, uh, you know, they, they just have to get contribution from everybody, have guys hit shots. And uh, that's why I don't, I, I sort of don't think that, that you know, that by any means this game is... Uh, is going to play out like this for the rest of the series. You right. know the Nuggets are going to have uh, a, a counter-attack and uh, then they're going to have guys who hit shots and, and when that happens, the pressure's going to be on Phoenix. So, you know, it was just, it was a good battle and, uh, you know, ultimately it came down, I think, to Chris Paul basically putting this game out of reach for his team and now it's up to the Suns to sort of, uh, the Nuggets to uh, find a way to counter that and uh, I think they will. So I, I think this one, I hope we get a seven-game series because I think uh, it could be seven fun games at least like last night. My final note, from this one, I don't know if anybody else has anything. It was fun to see Devin Booker uh, replicate his mm-hmm. pose, his signature lying on the ground, but like the little head up uh, after the N1, because we saw that. That was on the game winner, right? Versus the, Clippers, the Clippers back yeah, in the right. bubble when they went 8 0. And, uh, you know, stakes maybe, uh, well, stakes higher, I guess, here in a playoff series, but, you know, it wasn't a game winner. But the N1 tray, and uh, he went with the exact same pose. Like, it looks identical. I saw the identical. Photo and I was like, when was that? Was that last year? No, that was last night. That w- that's literally spot on. Looked the exact same. Looks like he's going down one of those uh, body slides at a water park. You know, <laughs> you got to keep your head up. Don't want to hit your head on the back of it. But um, a weird thing to become a signature celebration. Just yeah. laying there and looking up to see what's going on. But I'm all for it. It was pretty funny to see a second time. Yeah. But he so, missed the free throw on it, too. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only you would bring that up. Only you. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, he missed two free throws last night. He's a beautiful shooter of a ball. But, yeah, uh, indeed. You know. <laughs> uh, any other notes from the Suns Nuggets game one? Anybody? anybody well, I just got anybody? a question. How, how do we feel about um, incorrect grammar in a tweet that they throw up on the broadcast? Because I think they're doing a really good job of 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 of, of putting in some tweets, integrating tweets. Because yeah. usually, you know, that's a little forced. Oh, here's a tweet. Here's a guy. Here's a GIF. Ha <laughs> ha. That's funny. But nice slick uh, interface. I think at the bottom, it was Jamal Crawford's tweet that came up. It said, "I'm biased, but I think the Suns are a great team. I'm biased. B I A S, not biased. Uh, look, look, look. I'm okay with it." 
Uh, people make <laughs> mistakes, but uh, why don't just why don't, you're just Photoshop in an ED? I mean, why not? <laughs> oh, oh, you Cor- can't do that. Then we got f- <laughs> fake tweets here, fake news. Ah, and stuff like this. Yeah, spell check it. Yeah. Spell check. I, it. I like it. I do like it that they don't have to address it all the time. Yeah. Like I think that's actually better. For uh, sure. Like there was a George Carl tweet uh, off the top of my head and. Like, yeah, you said yeah. Jamal Crawford. There's a couple other ones. Yeah, but yeah. they're not like the broadcast is not like, hey, let's look and read this tweet. It's not Tweet of the Night, no. you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm yeah, kind of okay. surprised. I'm, I'm all right. Wasn't it wasn't just a tweet that happened. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised Jamal Crawford hasn't tweeted, I haven't retired yet, FYI. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's, he's, he's never going to retire. He'll, he's, he'll be available on a roster when he's 54, I think, Jamal Crawford. Keeps himself in grave shape. Keeps himself ready. So no, He was, he on, he was on a podcast with David Aldridge uh, on the Athletic NBA show. I think it was wasn't more than a month ago, and he was basically saying, like, yeah, I'm ready. Uh, because yeah. he is ready, sure. obvi- obviously. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I I get why you like the Suns, man. The Suns are great. DeAndre Ayton living to his potential. That's what I was got- actually a little surprised that he was biased for the Suns, too. I mean, Jamal Crawford did play for the Suns. Yeah. He played for a lot of teams, and yeah. I would say that the Suns were not his most notable no. team, very much no. at the end of his career, but... I don't know. I guess uh, I guess you put that jersey on, you hear those fans, you walk in the stick, you'll never forget it. Yeah, I guess, I guess that was his last was game, yeah. His, his 50. 50-pointer, yeah. With the so, Suns, right before yeah. he went to the Nets he for a cup with, of coffee. Yeah, he played, yeah. With, he played with one game with the Nets after. Yeah. Is he biased for the Nets as well? <laughs> no, only when, oh, only when he was good. Only when he was good. didn't last night, yeah. When you think uh, of Jamal Crawford, what's the number one team you think of? Clippers. Clippers. Yeah. That, then, then what team? Bulls, but he was yeah, drafted by the yeah, Bulls. Yeah. I think Knicks, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. 50 I think with I go Knicks. Knicks, too. I forgot he was drafted by the Bulls until Trey Jones. Hey, he's played for a lot of teams, and he'll probably be back in the league. Which so what do you do? 50 with the Knicks, 50 with the Suns, 50 with the Warriors? Warriors, yeah, he got it with four teams. Oh. I think that's the. I think he's Hawks, the only maybe? guy. Holy crap. Yeah, I think he's the only guy who's <laughs> done it with three. four different wow. teams, yeah. I think. Oh, Lee's uh, fact-checking. Here yeah. we go. All right, well, we'll take a quick break. <laughs> While you fact-check that, Lee, we'll find out after the break, but uh, let's hear from our sponsors here. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. All right. I've been uh, waiting for, what was that? I don't know. Good two and a half minutes, Lee. You've been typing away like crazy. <laughs> yeah, what's I've got the, it. What's the outcome here with that uh, Crawford stat? In 2004 for Chicago versus Toronto, he had 50. Mm. In 2007 for the Knicks versus Miami, he had 52. In mm. 2008 for the Warriors versus Charlotte, he had 50. And then wow. the 51 against the Mavericks in his last game. Joining Carl Malone and Michael Jordan as only 39-year-olds with 40-point games and the oldest player ever with a 50. So Give it go. up for Lee yeah. Ellis calling it four teams. <laughs> I don't remember the Warriors one. Well, that, uh, yeah, was that his first one? Did I say? Oh, no, no definitely not. Oh, third one, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all, right, all right, there you go. Good. 
Crawford stats there for you coming back from the break. Okay, let's get to uh, the other game from last night. Not as exciting. Uh, Kevin Durant <laughs> drops 32. Nets go up 2-0 in their series with the Bucks, 125-86. to uh, It actually wasn't even that close, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just yesterday, I pitched you the guys the idea that the Bucks losing game one in a blowout to the Nets without James Harden was a good thing. Not a ton of pushback, I'll say. Not nope. a ton. Nope. They shot terrible in game one. The next were extra good. Thinking, hey, game one, worst possible outcome, right? Nope. Game two happened, and I got nothing for you, Bucks fans. Literally the best thing that happened for Milwaukee last night is that they didn't trail by 50. 49, as Ernie Johnson was pointing out, never 50. Kevin Durant scored 32 points in three quarters. The Bucks tried a zone early in this game. Kevin Durant, though, he's seven foot tall. He just shot right over the top of it. Best player in the world status was engaged fully last night. He zinged Jared Greenberg post-game. Kyrie Irving added an easy 22 points. The Nets went 21 of 42 from three-point land. The Sixers, they might be Degeneration X, but I think the Nets are the rock because they layeth the smacketh down last night. This was horrible for the Bucks. Giannis looked lost. The Nets were not even close to guarding him, and even Marv Albert was calling him out for taking too yeah. many threes. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, 30 points on 30 shots. The Bucks went 8 of 27 from 3. They basically tried to turn this into a shooting contest with the Nets. Advantage Nets. This is like a 1 versus 8 series so far. Not a 2 versus 3 with the possible NBA Finals champion coming out of this. A disappointing first two games in this series and I don't know. Bucks need to figure out how to play basketball again or Bud's going to get fired before game four. Well, I was just going to say, that's what people it's are bad, saying. Man. Can you oh, fire your goodness. coach mid-series, Tass? It's never been done before, I don't think. <laughs> uh, Lee, I might need you to fact check me on that. <laughs> Budenholzer, will he be canned before games three or four? Uh, what, what did you think? I mean, the Lynettes were pretty damn special and the Bucks were god-awful again. How the f*** are they so unprepared for that game? The Milwaukee Bucks. Honestly. That to me looked like, look, game one, James Harden went out 43 seconds. Okay, that's an early loss there for the Nets. The, the Bucks knew that Harden wasn't playing. Mm -hmm. They have an advantage there with Giannis. Go inside, go inside, try to create something against Blake, even if Kevin Durant's on you there. It felt to me like the Bucks were basically like, let's just, Brooke Lopez was their best offensive weapon in that first quarter. Giannis and Chris Middleton went a combined one for 10 in that first quarter. Giannis didn't even take one close to the rim in the first quarter. That to me is on Giannis, of course, he's the player out on the court, but it's also on Budenholzer. Like, why aren't you saying, okay, guys, we're just going to pound this ball inside, game, like play after play after play. We're going inside. We're, that's how we're going to score. We're going to put them under pressure defensively. Giannis, you're getting to the free throw line. You're going to shoot 25-3 free throws in this game. No, he shot seven, made two. Gonna make them. eight of them. I was gonna say, how many would he make of twenty-five free throws? Like right he shoot, he's it shot might be a part eight, of the problem. To be honest, he's made, a, he's attempted eight three-pointers in the series and ten free throws. Yeah, I mean that's again partly on Bud, but it's also on Giannis to be like, what do you like? Go in there, go in and have some sort of play. He had a little baseline fadeaway. Okay, he's hit that. Okay, at some point throughout the season, but in the first quarter, you've got to be inside, aggressive and attacking. And Chris Middleton, he came down. 
Shot a three, a rush three, and then a fade away, oh. long two over. Over who? Guess who he shot that over? I looked at it this morning because I couldn't believe it when I was watching it. Guess who? Who would be the worst person to shoot <laughs> a fade away, long two over about a minute into the game? Kyrie. Guess or... Kevin Durant. Durant. Yeah, I was yeah. Kevin Durant. I was guessing Durant. Yeah. I mean, like that's he, just oh, Chris Middleton shot his pants. In that of course game. he did. Yeah. yeah, he panicked big time yeah. after but, the first but couple that, shots. But that's what I mean. Chris Middleton. Look, yeah. Chris Middleton doesn't get to the free throw line a ton. About four attempts a game throughout the season. He's been there for two or free throws so far in yeah. this game. At some point, you think the net, uh, the Bucks are like, uh, we just got to get someone inside. Just get a free throw. Get to the line. Do something. That that was the most embarrassing performance from a team that legit thinks it's a contender last mm-hmm. night. Budenholzer seemed completely lost, and he at no point was just like, guys, take the ball inside. Somebody take the ball inside. Put Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin threw down a dunk as if it was 10 years ago last night. He looked great. So uh, I I think this was a humiliation for Milwaukee, and they have to do some serious soul-searching to turn this series around because you can't go out and get punked by 50. It wasn't 50, but it was 50. I'm rounding up here. 49. (laughs) I'm rounding up here because they deserve to be uh, humiliated completely by this when, again, James Harden sitting on the bench looking like a waiter out there. I thought he was going to start <laughs> serving drinks to people in the first row. Uh, because Kevin Durant, I fin- think, finished with 32 points. Yeah. Kevin Durant had the easiest 32 points of his life last night. Yeah. There was nothing out there. Kyrie Irving, I mean, he's well, great what, when he uh, had What that. are they supposed to do with this? I mean, in all honesty, when he looks like this Durant, 12 of 18, six assists, couple boards, whatever. Like, P.J. Tucker is too slow. <laughs> Yeah, Drew Holiday, who is a great defender, if you actually watch the possessions where he's on Durant, you're like, damn, look at him move, look at him stay in yeah. front, body him up a little bit, but he's just too small, like because then Durant just like, All right, I'll just shoot over you, and then right. you know Giannis got on him a couple times, and KD broke his ankles two or three yeah. times. I, I'm like at that point when KD's like, you know, pre-injury KD at the height of his ability, KD, there is no way. I don't know even what Bud's supposed to be do in this situation, but yeah. make it a little more tough, difficult. I get it, like. But he was—he just looked unstoppable to me, Durant, yeah. last night. Good offense always beats good defense, yeah. no doubt about it. But if he puts up 32 and it's all on Giannis, you're like, well, that was okay. the best chance. Yeah, sure. That was their best chance. Not P.J. Tucker had two fouls early. And P.J. Tucker, just he's looking like Danny Green on Trey Young out there. Sure, he's physical, moves his feet, but cannot compare, contest, contest yeah. those shots. And again, Durant, no, there's no like, oh, just do this and you'll stop Kevin Durant. He looks so in his groove last night. But come on, man, Budenholz has got to do something and just say, Giannis, all right, he's yours, man. Do whatever you can because otherwise we're just getting embarrassed and it looks like I have no idea what I'm doing. And sadly, that's it. I mean, game two, this was not technically a must win, but surely it was not a 49-point loss either. And this was over in the first half. Mm-hmm. This was I, I was disgusted with the Bucks' performance last night. This sounds like you're going to ground the Bucks. <laughs> I just no basketball listen, until Sunday. He's not I, angry. He's disappointed. Yeah, no I, like like Roxana came down and said, oh, "How's the game going?" I say, "I'm saying, look, Mike Budenholzer <laughs> has forgotten more about basketball than I will ever know. He's yeah. a, he's a, he's an NBA coach, right?" But I'm sitting here going, how can he not run anything to get Giannis just moving towards the basket? Yeah. Run four screens if you have to. Giannis, you just go inside. We're going to put the ball up high. You catch it and you just flip it in. That's it because they've got no one who can but Gian- Giannis that. Giannis decided not to go inside too. He had Blake in front of him standing in his way. And he should have danced around him like he always does or gone through him and just allowed Blake to pick up a foul because that's what would have happened. And he didn't. 
He, but he, he can chose also not run to. A, he can also run a screen to say, all right, if Blake's yeah. there, we're just going to run somebody so you can get the, Giving inside. the ball giving to the Giannis paint. 20 feet from the net, oh. facing it, it's like the dumbest thing they could do. I'm with you on and that. Then, and we've seen this before, so it's nothing new. When Nick Claxton came on, he's picking Giannis up, saying the three's there if you want it. Yeah. Giannis, oh, I'll just pass it off to someone else. Giannis, come on, man. What is going on out there? Not one legit shot in the paint in the first quarter. For Giannis, that is just that's just outrageous to me. Outrageous! Wow, Tass, are you are you as upset with Giannis and and Bud and the Bucks as, as Lee Ellis is here this morning? Oh, obviously, I'm furious. Uh, Danielle came downstairs and I and she asked, <laughs> "How's the game going?" And I said, "What an embarrassment! What an absolute embarrassment!" I, I thought, yeah, listen. Your stars got to play like stars. It, it's it, we can blame Coach Bud for not having his team go inside. Yanis did that in the first game, uh, but he yep. he had the option to do that in this game, and he chose not to. He, in that first quarter, Blake was was standing there, quite vulnerable underneath the hoop, and Yanis uh, didn't didn't chose not to. I mean, maybe that's the coach just not having them sort of fired up for their game plan, but he's the superstar, <laughs> Coach Bud. I don't think he's on the floor. You know, that, 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 that coach belly is not out there. It's Giannis, it's Middleton, and it's Holiday. They have to play like superstars and, and to try and match the Nets. Now, maybe they tried to match them in a shooting competition, sure, um, but they just didn't do it very well. I mean, they, they, <laughs> they, 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 they shouldn't be in a shooting competition. Chris, Kevin Durant is the, the best offensive player in the last decade in this league, and, he, yeah, he's going to get 30. Of course he is. Yeah. Uh, so Giannis has to has to do it his way, and Middleton has to uh, play better, and they just they just have it. Uh, they, and I don't know if they really truly believe they're a contender. They beat the Miami Heat in that first game. It was a it was a coin flip of a game, and they went up 1-0. Uh, it was an ugly ugly game from the Heat, and then they got their confidence. Uh, but they haven't got their confidence in this series, and I don't think it's coming back. I don't see why it would come back because I'm not. I don't sure. They, I'm not sure they truly believe it. And and Drew Holiday is, um, you know, one of everybody's favorite players. He's such a such a great player, such a good defender. Uh, but now he's got that max contract, and he, he kind of just he flies under the radar in terms of criticism. He wasn't a great offensive player in this game and he and he hasn't been able to to really find his game one was better but i he's getting paid like a superstar and the way the bucks are constructed where Giannis isn't necessarily going to have 35 or 40 every game because he can't shoot because sometimes he doesn't dunk on everybody because the playoffs teams build a wall against him drew's kind of got to be better and they gave him the ball in the first play to try and find his flow and they called a play for him and and he you know he rimmed out and then it was just kind of downhill from there for the entire team uh they and maybe that's on coach bud for not bringing them all together but uh if i'm Giannis, uh you know being here year eight in the league uh it's just time to lay lay the smackdown as as the rock does uh (laughs) he's gotta he's gotta bring it you know it's uh, like blaming Coach Bud for not for Giannis not dunking on Blake Griffin, who is a billion inches short, shorter than Giannis's. I don't know. It's a little it's a little short sighted. Giannis knows how to dunk. Just do it. Yeah, but yeah, Bud's got to Bud's yeah, got to make it clear. We're running stuff here yeah. for we're running stuff for Giannis. That's what you're doing. Giannis, you're getting the ball and you're going inside. That's what you're doing. You're not settling for these pissy little mid ranges early in the game. If you're up 25, that's when you can have one of those mid ranges. But early on, you've got to show the aggression, and that's got to come from Bud drawing up play after play, just saying. 
It's all going through Giannis. That's where he's our leader, and we're all going to flow off him. Then Middleton will get some shots. Then PJ in the tuck, PJ in the tucker, PJ, <laughs> PJ in the corner the can hit that. And then other guys get going, but it starts with Giannis. And if he's not being aggressive and he's not going to the hoop, then the other guys are kind of looking around, going, "Well, I guess I have to score." And you saw Drew Holiday hit a banker. That was, I think, their first yeah. field goal. Yeah. And it was just and that was kind of like, a, "Well, there's nothing else happening out here. I may as well shoot it." Uh, so I, I and Budenholzer just didn't seem to at any point show any sort of like all right we're mixing things up we're changing this it was like all right we're getting completely smacked in this one yeah it was just an embarrassment for everybody yeah yeah it, Laura came home last night and she <laughs> said to me how are the games I said call your dad and say he can't be a Bucks fan anymore because my friendly Ellis is gonna ground them and he's not letting Giannis shoot mid-range jumpers until they're up 25 he's basically saying hey no dessert until you finish your vegetables Giannis yeah. but honestly That's eat some true. vegetables Giannis the guy needs to be at the rim every single time we talked during the regular season. Remember, the Nets were laying off Giannis like crazy. We're like, are they going to do this? Are they yeah. going to do this? Because he was just kind of like taking the runway and getting into the rim and scoring. And that's what it's got to be. But, I mean, that's a hard thing to do for four quarters every single game. But that's why you're the MVP. That's why you're the man out there. You got to live in the lane. And then, yeah, yeah, maybe once you're up 25, you get to take that delicious 15-footer. <laughs> and maybe then, after you've seen a couple of shots go in at the rim, maybe it's a lot easier to make that shot. You you know what? The Nets, I, I know we say it a lot. They'll give Giannis as many threes and as many mid-rangers as he wants. You can shoot 25 of those. We don't care because you're not punishing us inside. Uh, and, and Giannis right now is saying, okay, fine. It's almost like what Westbrook has done in the past in the playoffs, where he gets caught up by saying, oh, you're giving me this? Okay, I'll just keep shooting it. And it costs his team. So... Yeah, they, they have a, uh, I mean, look, again, it's down, it's 2-0, and they're both games in Brooklyn, so it's not, um, you know, the end of the road here for the Bucks. but my God, they have to come out with some uh, urgency and some aggression in game three. Because James Harden, I think if you're the Nets right now, like, great, we get a few extra days here to rest him. Yeah, you know, know. It's, not, it's not like we got to get him back. It's like, make sure that hamstring is ready to go because, uh, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no need, we're not in trouble at the moment. Yeah, Bucks did not do themselves any favors, too, by turning the ball over constantly there in the first half. It was a 9-3 difference. I mean, you're already playing a team that like, might have the greatest offense of all time, even without Harden playing, and you're giving them the ball, and they scored, the Nets did, 14-0. to They had the advantage in those uh, points off of turnover, so that killed them, too. And look, I want to give some credit to the Nets here. My God, is this team playing incredible. Without Harden, like KD and Kyrie, yeah like ISO monsters whenever they want, but that thing is moving, man. Like there's some action with Joe Harris and Kyrie that is like beautiful going on. KD finding guys, everybody on the Nets hit a three. It felt like last night, like every single guy that played, it felt like, I know that's not exactly true, but I think nine Nets players ultimately hit one. They went 21 of 42 from three. That was a franchise record for threes made in a playoff game for the Brooklyn Nets too. And this is just wild to me, Tass. I heard the athletic NBA show say this. Think about like the Nets role players, reserves, whatever you want to call them, right? Coming into the season, after Katie and Kyrie, you're like, okay, well, and then, okay, and then remove Joe Harris because he's a starter, but like, it was like, who are like their best reserve players going to be? Well, it's going to be uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Okay, well, he hasn't played at all. He's torn ACL. It was going to be Lavert and Jared Allen. They'd probably be next in the pecking order. They get traded for Harden, who has barely played in this series. Uh, who else was it going to be? You know, well, they well, they acquire a freaking guy like Aldridge, who doesn't ultimately end up playing. Blake's given them great moments. It's just wild to think who their reserve guys were going to be, and then they, who they've become, like Mike James and Bruce Brown and these guys. Like, it's wild. Like they could. Like my point is, 
and I know two of those guys got traded for Harden, and you're going to make that trade any day of the week. But, like, all these guys we thought might be the reserve players are not. It's all a bunch of other names who casual fans don't even know who the fuck these guys are. Like, who the hell is this guy? Mike James? The guy that played for the Raptors? No, no. it's a completely different Mike James. It's just amazing to me that Nash and his, and his team, along with the stars in KD and Kyrie and Harden, of course, when he was playing, have got all of these guys buying into their role like your Claxtons and so on. Everybody is playing their role perfectly on this team right now. And, you know, I'm looking like I'm going to be $100 lighter in my wallet in a second here. She gone. It's a, I mean, they're, they're, they look incredible. Because it's not just Kyrie and KD, like, having to carry them, you know. and Which they can do in games where maybe those guys are struggling to hit their shots or not contributing. That's the crazy part to me. It's like, oh, we have stars that could also get us the victory if we just have to solely lean on them. It's wild. You must be feeling E-L-E. good. E-L-E. Everybody loves everybody on yeah. this team. The two concerns coming into the season were that the Nets didn't have enough depth and they wouldn't have enough basketballs and they wouldn't have enough chemistry. No concerns with any of that right now. Yeah. Everybody on their lineup can play. You know, they finally send in their garbage time lineup and it's Timothy... Luawu Cabarro, a name Lee loved to say at the beginning of the season, a guy who was playing rotation minutes in the playoffs last year. It's an incredibly deep team because Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni, for the entirety of their careers, have gotten great performances from role players by just saying, hey, go play your game. Yeah. As long as you play your game and play hard and do what you're supposed to do, you're going to keep getting minutes. Who cares if you miss a shot as long as it's open? Yeah, that's a good point. Can we... uh... Can, can the Bucks just fire Budenholzer right now and then get D'Antoni from the Nets bench and have him coach the Milwaukee? And maybe we have a series here uh, in game three and four. Why not? Come on. Yeah, let's get I, honestly, crazy. honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing D'Antoni on the Bucks just to see what he can do with that offense because, uh, you know, that's what D'Antoni does. Everyone seems to score 20 points a game and uh, they just need something right now. But there was that three that Kyrie had last night, sort of a pull up in transition and he just banged it in. And it just, that like, at no point, did the Nets seem to take their foot off the gas either in this game until yeah. it was obviously a complete blowout. But that was the other thing is they weren't like, like hey, listen, let's just even let get, give them a little bit of hope here. Budenholz was great. He didn't have to play his starters. Nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter, he yanked most of his starters. So they got rest. They'll be nice and fresh for game three, which is what he loves. But uh, that's what I like. I, 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 thought, I thought from the Nets, it was just like, we're just going to keep pounding you until you submit. And that's exactly what happened there. And, and I, I think it was Stephen A. Smith who uh, on, on Twitter was saying like, to pull your starters game two with nine minutes to go, that, that's that's humiliating for your team. And uh, Budenholzer had a lot of questions. He answered a lot of those in the first round. But, man, they are back now, and he's got a very short time frame to answer yeah. those or else uh, there's no way he survives if this team gets swept. Absolutely no, no way whatsoever. He probably doesn't survive even if they lose the series. Um, so, you know... <sighs> I yeah, mean, if they, yeah, look, no, if, they, right. if they can stretch it to seven and lose, you know, in, with, with a bit of dignity, then perhaps he can. But they didn't have any dignity no. last night. They were uh, just a, a complete embarrassment to themselves. Yeah, I saw Zach Cram tweeted, Tess, the Nets are now up to 50, 44, and 91 shooting splits as a team this postseason. 50 from the field, 44 from three, and 91 at the line as a team. In the entire playoffs. I, I mean, I know they're only like, how many games have they played here? Uh, seven? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really incredible. <laughs> so every, it just proves how everybody is knocking down shots and getting it in the flow, really. Yeah, no Jimmy Harden yet either. Um, they, would be, <laughs> yeah. they would be even better. Yeah, they're starting you know, Bruce Brown in his place, and he was 6 of 10 yesterday. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a testament to the coaching staff. And 
especially the leaders in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, uh, getting everybody involved and not forcing it. Durant and Kyrie Irving don't force anything on this team. And it's, it, it's, it, it, it wouldn't be questioned if they did because it's their right to do so because they're amazing and they, and they could. Uh, but you're seeing a different Kyrie from last year than when he was kind of forcing it a little bit uh, on the net squad without Kevin Durant. Uh, and yeah, top to bottom, Nash is a coach. He's a real coach of a real basketball team here. He's not just rolling out the ball. Uh, everybody uh, who they've yeah, picked up throughout the season, like an Alizé Johnson, uh, even Reggie Perry getting a few points yesterday. Uh, then with a Mike James, like yeah, the, the point by Trey about uh, you know Mike D'Antoni uh, really empowering his guys and Nash doing the same to just say yeah, just just go shoot, man. Uh, you know, go have a one on one. A little matchup because that's what your game is, Mike James. Uh, Alexey Johnson, you're going to chip in this way. Bruce Brown, you're not going to take a shot in the mid-range because you can't, but you can shoot threes and you can dunk. Everybody right. knows the role. And, uh, yeah, even guys who were part of the rotation last year, like Timothy Luelu Cabrero, are not um, so, uh, because they don't fit in right now because there's just so many freaking good players on this team. And Jeff Green is out, who we thought would be kind of important to be able to guard Giannis, but... Best team of all time? Sure, why not? Best oh, offense. It feels Jesus. like the best offense of all best time. Best offense? Okay, yeah. There's a case to be made there. Um, Bruce well, Brown took 10 shots last night, eight in the paint, and made five of them. Just pointing that out. That's all. <laughs> so that's what you want from Giannis Thanks, is what you're looking at. I'm just, say, I'm just saying, like, like, if he can get into the paint and take eight shots and make five of them in the first half, uh, I think Giannis can do the same. Yeah, it's one thing to get beat by a guy named Kyrie a guy that goes by the nickname the Slim Reaper. Mm. It's another thing to get beat by a guy named Mike, a guy named Bruce, <laughs> a guy named Nick, who's kicking your ass up and down the court, right? That's going to sting Bruce. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. What does. is this, a softball league? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, Mike James, basically, they brewskies. just they called him up from Europe and said, hey, you want to come and play for us? And he's like, yeah, all right, why not? And he's out there giving them good minutes. He's been right. a decent pickup for him. Yeah, well, in the entire history of the NBA playoffs, 430 teams have found themselves trailing 2-0 in a series. 28 of those teams have managed to make a comeback. Um, Lee, you do not sound high on the Bucks' chances of figuring this out in Game 3, let alone you know the rest of the series, it sounds like. I hope I'm wrong, uh, but they just didn't even compete last night. That, yeah. That's the real problem for me. It's like we're, we're, Chris Middleton's had two shocking games. Really, I am really never voting game. Chris Middleton to an all-star game yeah. again. I'm not going to be fooled. I don't care what he does in the regular season. I told you he was the most important player in this series. I took you through his like past shitty playoff performances, especially series where they lost, and the number of times he just never shows up. I'm done. I'm done with him. I know he's good. He's a great regular season player. He's not that great in the playoffs. I mean, I hear as a Raptors fan time and time again, oh, look what Pascal Siakam's doing. Where's Pascal Siakam? Where's him? I mean, Jesus. He gets buried. I know Raptors fans are crazy. But where is, like, do Bucks fans do this for Chris Middleton? Mm. Like, where the, we did nothing. I know he ended up getting some points. His box score looks okay at the end. He was 0 for 8 to start this game. You said it, Lee. He yeah. was panicking, like, with... Shots I've never even seen Middleton try and take, <laughs> and that, you know, let again, alone hit. And then he was turning the ball over, too. He yeah. was shook. Because I don't think it's like, wow, Durant's just shut him down. It's like, no. you're just taking these silly shots and, uh, and not making them. And then, uh, yeah, losing the ball. And they need him to be out there and be aggressive. The same thing. He didn't even get to the free throw line once yeah. last night. Like, come on, man. 
Anyway, uh, look. Come on, man. Look, listen, listen. I, I, I've seen a couple of times I didn't think the Raptors were going to come back against the Bucks. ironically, right. a couple of years ago. I thought when the Cavs, of course, came back from the Warriors down 3-1, they lost those first two games. They lost game two by 30, and they looked completely true. True, uh, true. embarrassed. Now, Draymond got suspended, Bogut injured. Things happened, but... Uh, so it can happen. You thought but... the Lakers were going to obviously exactly, roll over yeah, the Suns yeah, there early yeah. in that series? Yeah. Now they, they, down they were... 0-2 against the Mavericks yeah. this yeah. last round. Yeah. It's true. So it, it, it can happen. Things can turn around. But uh, again, it's just, it's like, okay, you have to change drastically from game two to game three. So they're capable at home. They won two games and no James Harden uh, uh, toward the end of the season. So they can do it. But uh but yeah, Giannis not, was a monster in, in those games. Uh, yeah, and listen, I yeah. picked the Nets to win this series, you know. So I, I was just really pissed off that they just didn't compete from the start yeah, in yeah. this game last night. You know, the Nuggets last night kind of just got overrun. A bit of an avalanche happened, but they fought. They battled. It was a good game. The Bucks didn't compete last mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything to add, gentlemen, to uh, this game two blowout or this series moving forward? Uh, Tass, have you already figured out... Uh, how you're going to spend your $100 that uh, I'm going to be paying you. And just so everybody knows, the bet is not this series. I mean, Tass needs his Nets to then beat, you know, either the Sixers or the Hawks to win Ooh, the Trae Eastern Young. Conference. Trey yeah, Young yeah. might save you 100 bucks. My, my last hope <laughs> might be Ice Trey. Uh, but anyway, have you already uh, figured out what you're going to do with that money, Tass? I'm just curious. Mm, no, I, I don't no? count my, my dollars before they're hatched. I can't okay. wait. I can't okay. wait to spend that in one go. Oh. What can I buy on NBA Top Shot? Uh, a half of a mom, a half of a bitk, a half of a duck, a half of a uh, a mo. Yeah, I can get a mo, I guess. Yeah, we're gonna mom. We're gonna get you. Get, uh, uh, you get ten Simons, probably. Yeah, the, the wedgie moment that is wow. now Top Shot. Wow! 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 Okay. Let's uh, let's get to the Coach of the Year news, and we'll look ahead to tonight's game. But got to take one final break to hear from some more sponsors. Well, hold on. What do you mean we're not going to be able to try it? I thought the the homework assignment was you give us the recipe and we all do it. Oh wow! <laughs> Making a lot of like class, like a master class. Uh, I yeah. thought it was going to be me just making it there in front of everyone, and then right. I sip it, and you know, and then then I can pass it on and say, okay, this is the recipe. You guys okay. can try it. So yeah, yeah, you do need to do a, a a trial run on it. You're right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Hmm. all right. So we'll just Boo. have to trust you whether or not it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But be like the... we're going to be judging the appearance of it, mm. uh, how long it takes you to make it, because that usually takes a couple hours. <laughs> Try and do it under 15 minutes yeah. if possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you want to have some fun. It'll be, uh, I'm going to watch Cocktail tonight with uh, Tom Cruise and uh, yeah. Brian Brown and Elizabeth Shue just to uh, see if I can get some skills on how to like flip and twist Turn, oh. shake it, shake it, shake it. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you try and do the speech from Cocktail uh, in the bar? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What is that? I haven't, uh, <laughs> well, I don't yeah. know it off the top of my head. I'm just saying look it up if you're going to watch I know, the movie. I know, yeah. Okay, yeah. try your best. Okay, that yeah. is uh, Happy Hour this Thursday night. Yes, it's back. It's been a while since we've done that, and uh, we got Jim Beam coming on to help us out with that. Love it. Perfect uh, synergy there. Jim Beam for an NBA uh, happy hour, a little watch party with no dunks. Sounds good. All right, some news before we go, guys. For the second time in his career, Tom Thibodeau has been named the NBA's Coach of the Year. Uh, the Knicks coach who led the team to a 20-win improvement this season. He just edged out Suns coach Monty Williams by a total of 11 points, while Jazz coach Quinn Snyder finished third. And, uh, well, TK will know this. Tibbs also won the award in his first year with the Bulls 
back in 2011. So Lee, were you surprised at all by this? I'm gonna share on the stream team here, the coaching breakdown. Because it's interesting because Monty Williams actually had more first place votes yeah. than Tibbs. But total points, it goes to uh, Thibodeau there in a very tight race. But were you shocked at all? Not shocked. I mean, I think it was going to come down to one of those two guys. I personally chose Monty, but I'm not angry that uh, Tibbs won it. I thought he did a fantastic job there in New York. He really got them playing good, strong, solid basketball at both ends of the floor. Obviously disappointed that the season uh, sort of flamed out for them in the playoffs there, but a very, very deserving candidate. And uh, I think this also, just the closeness of the voting between those two shows just how they both had really strong cases. And I guess it came down with the voters just like, what did you value more? The improvement of the Knicks from being pretty much a disaster to a home court advantage in the first round or did you sort of see like the Suns and think well they kind of were expected to make the playoffs but I don't think many people had the Suns finishing second in the Western Conference so that's why I chose Monty Williams but uh, you know Thibs did an incredible job there in New York and uh, Knicks have got to be happy because I thought it was a bit of a risky choice bringing in an old guy who's kind of stubborn and uh, stuck in his ways but uh, he showed a little bit of flexibility this year and got a lot out of his players of course Julius Randle's already been named sixth man of the year and Derek Rose had a very strong finish to the season so uh, lots of positives out of there uh, to take out of this season from the Knicks and, and Thibs winning coach of the year is uh, is one of them now the challenge will be how does he improve this team next season going forward because i think there'll be some uh, personnel changes but uh you know i think thibs has shown that he still can coach in this league yeah what do you think tass was this east coast media bias going here with tibbs getting more votes than uh, monty williams or maybe even quinn snyder with what they did out west how dare you I tibbs am. deserved it don't you I think am. I mean, look, we, we thought it was going to be one of those three guys, so I don't know how you could be all that upset. But I do think there might be some, some East Coast media bias where you're watching Knicks games more. You're, you're seeing the team more if you're on the East Coast. I mean, I don't know the breakdown of all the voters, like where they are, but my gut says maybe there's more on the East Coast. Bunch of Lee Ellis's going to yeah, bed early. I think, I think maybe, maybe a small part. And maybe with the Monty Williams too, thing too, is like I think a ton of credit, and probably rightfully so, goes to Chris Paul. Um, and uh, they're like, well, Chris Paul is also sort of a coach on the floor. But uh, yeah, I'm not upset. I assume yeah. you're not either. No, with this I think the, big, the biggest... Uh, uh, gap between expectations and performance was the Knicks. I think most people, if you look at that roster of the sure. Phoenix Suns, even in the Western Conference, uh, was that they should make the playoffs. And yeah, two is way higher than people thought, for sure. But uh, yeah, the Knicks going from low lottery to fifth seed, uh, that's, that, I think that uh, that's Oral usually season. who gets the They're coach here. Team. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, whatever. That's a really stupid <laughs> rule as well. Uh, the the Hawks win the division why aren't they the fourth seed if they have the exact same record as the New York Knicks? Tiebreaker, that's dumb. Anyway, they have the exact same record. That's, it's, that's the biggest jump, I think, and that's why Coach of the Year uh, is always given to that person. It's always given to the person, most likely, you know, in most situations, that was, that's the gap between expectations and performance. So that's understandable. I mean, I was a Monty guy for a long time, but Tibbs probably got more out of his personnel than uh, – then, you know, extracted the absolute most, every single drip out of his personnel than, than Monty did. What do you think, Trey? I think this was the perfect vote because Tibbs won for this season. Like everybody's saying, the Knicks came back with basically the same roster they had last year. The main change uh, was bringing in Tibbs and immediately having an identity that worked out and that the team was committed to for the entire year. But also Monty Williams did kind of win this as well, uh, getting the <laughs> most first place votes. Uh, and I think he may have even showed up on the most ballots. It's just the breakdown of it worked out differently. And I think that's fair because Monty Williams has probably been the coach of the year 
but only if you include the past two seasons, you get a little credit for what happened in the bubble last year and taking that momentum from that 8-0, adding Chris Paul and continuing it on this year to have an incredible season to build up a team that also has an identity, but he's not going to get quite as much credit because we saw that Suns do pretty well in the bubble last year. And obviously they added Chris Paul, who kind of gets coach of the year votes as well. So it's almost like there are two winners here. But for me, ultimately, I probably would have voted Tibbs as well, just because uh, the expectations were so low for the Knicks this year. For them to actually host playoff games, pretty impressive. Yeah, the Suns' expectations, I feel like it ran the gamut, right? I think there were some people that were very high on the Suns coming into the season. Like, hey, maybe they will be like challenging for a top four seed. I don't think most people had them at second, don't get me wrong. But I think there were people like saying, yeah, fourth or fifth maybe in the West is doable. I think a lot more people said they'll be in the play-in race, Lily. There are definitely probably were people still saying no. Don't buy into what happened in the bubble. They won't be a playoff team. You know, they're still a couple years away. So, like, that, it was all over the map where most people, because it's the Knicks and 20 years of, like, futility, people were like, yeah, maybe they'll be in a playing race. Probably not, though. And then here they were having a, at least home court advantage there in the first round. And, and like Trey said, having an identity and winning just a ton more games than they did last year, which, of course, is, is impressive. And, and Tibbs deserves a lot of credit. So that was pretty... Uh, Pretty amazing. I got two of the awards here, though. What awards do we have left, by the way? MVP, which we know we're just waiting on giving it to uh, Jokic, and Defensive. Defensive Player of the Year. That's yeah. right. That's right. So it'll be interesting to see if Gobert wins that again. Simmons sneak it out. We will see. I'm sure we'll find out uh, probably, I don't know, by the end of the week or if not early next week. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Jay Dizzle, Tweet of the Night, man. Yeah, Yarder. Tweet of the Night. Thank you, thank you. Um, I, uh, It's actually an Instagram of the night, and it's actually from a couple of days ago, but it, <laughs> it's really simple, actually. It's from none other than Tim Burton. Yes, the Tim Burton, not that other guy who's the, the, um, the film director. This is Tim Burton, my friend Tim Burton. Okay. Um, and this is a picture. It's just a picture for the audience at home. He's just relaxing and enjoying Ugh, his cottage. Gross. Look at the view. Look at the view. And yes, his foot is in frame. Now, listen, yeah. on this show, for literally years, I've been hearing about old eight toes. Here's a picture of uh, yep, yep, his foot. He's actually got five toes, but they're fused together. Well, I'm going to I'm going to enhance. Go back to Tim Burton's yeah. photo. Okay, have a look at oh, this. Yeah. Have a look at this. Nice of him to bring a six pack to the cottage. That's right. He has six toes on both feet. This is. <laughs> Not old, new 12 toes. New 12 toes. Wow. And where am I going with this? I don't know. It's a it's a weird pissing contest. My friend has 12 toes. Well, Lee, your friends only has eight toes. So Oh, they're combined for a complete set there, JD. Quinton, so, uh... <laughs> there are a couple of fusers there, JD. It looks like the uh, the uh, second yeah, and third toe. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um Wow. Yeah. Oh, my That's goodness. amazing. Oh my god. His feet are like insanely wide because yeah. of that extra toe in the mix. Tax, yeah. like, could you imagine trying to get this guy's shoes at a Foot Locker back in the day? Sport check. This guy's wearing. God, I always say Foot Locker. Yeah. Yeah. New Balance, extra wide for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He'd get them in those uh, double E's or quad E's. Matty Austin, yeah. Matty Austin is looking at those thinking, wow, those are sweet feet. 
Matty Austin, oh. what is he? What what chunkers was he wearing? Those Azures? What were those yeah. called? Yeah. Alta, maybe. Alta, maybe yeah, the yeah. bricks. That was, his his toe box on those shoes was like that toe box that we just saw yeah. from yeah. new twelve toes. <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> I think uh, Tim Burton would be a good character for a Tim Burton movie with those mm, uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. twelve toes. So yeah, maybe there's something 12. in it for him. <laughs> Fascinating uh, tweet of the night. Yeah. I wrote that in air quotes, uh, but uh, it's great. That's great. Shout out to Tim Burton. <laughs> Yeah, I know, he's, I know he's not listening. But, uh, uh, definitely not. But no. uh, you know, maybe I'll send him this, and maybe uh, you know, he might enjoy it. He might not. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I was gonna say, does he have a personal uh, or a private Instagram account? Like, did you just blow up his That's a good his, question. His it's a good question. That's yeah. Hmm. I probably should have reached out to him before I posted a picture of his foot, but. Yeah, what are you going to do? Oh, well. Yeah, what are you going to do? Too late. Uh, okay, tonight's games, uh, two on tonight. TNT, game two, Hawks, Clip, uh, Hawks Sixers, excuse me. And then game one between the Clippers and the Jazz. Yes, that's in Utah. Uh, just quickly here before we wrap up, one thing to watch for in either of these games, TK. I want to see Ben Simmons on Trey Young from the start. Sounded like he wanted the matchup after game one. He should be the primary matchup, you would think. Obviously, Tybal should get some time as well, but we don't want to see Danny Green and Seth Curry trying to guard Trey Young. The key will be Simmons staying out of foul trouble. When he finally did start guarding Trey there in the third quarter of game one, picked up a couple of fouls in just three minutes, but... He's definitely the guy who's got the best chance on the Sixers with the size, the quickness, and the length to really challenge some of Trey's shots, whether it be a step back three or one of those little pull-up floaters he likes to shoot. Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons really needs to put his stamp on this game. Tass, same question. Either of these games, what's something you're really going to be focusing on tonight? Well, I can't wait to watch the Jazz in the fourth quarter against uh, Kawhi and the Clippers because will Donovan Mitchell try and take over or will the Jazz try and do what they've done a lot of the season and do it by committee? It's the classic best player versus best team scenario. So, yeah, the end of the game there, is Rudy going to be able to uh, take away a bit of Kawhi and is Donovan Mitchell going to be able to take everything he wants it's gonna be a, a great great series we got four series one's a dud which just we we should just hope just hope that we've got three other good series <laughs> the one we thought was gonna be like huh. the finals matchup happening in the second round yeah that one uh, unfortunately right now is the dud but uh the other ones are shaping up hopefully to be pretty good uh do the sixers need to win tonight uh Lili, for them to uh escape the atlanta hawks who are playing fast and loose yeah, I think so. I mean, I know we just saw the uh, Clippers come back from losing the first two at home, but uh, it certainly wouldn't be the way that Doc Rivers would like to come to Atlanta with his team in a 2-0 hole, yeah. because if Ben Simmons does go on Trey Young and the Sixers still win, then uh, where do the Six, uh, the, the Hawks still win? Where do the Sixers go from there? So this this one is uh, shaping up, though, to be a pretty uh, interesting series, because what will Joel Embiid look like tonight? I mean, I know he wasn't 100% the other game, but if they can get Clint Capella off the floor, then that really does leave a hole, I think, for the uh, Atlanta Hawks, because it's it's basically Gallinari. Ari, uh, who's going to maybe get some minutes there, and a Kongwu as well. So that really should play into uh, the Sixers' strategy somewhat. So will Joel Embiid try to do that? I know uh, Capella, I think, finished with five fouls in game one, but if you can get him off the court early, that might just open things up a little bit. So uh, we'll see. I'm very excited for this one. I was excited for last night, though, too, and I was disappointed <laughs> and, and furious and angry this morning. But uh, 
I've got a little bit more faith in the Hawks and the uh, Sixers. You never really said, what did Roxy think of your uh, Budenholzer rant? Was she agreeing <laughs> uh, yeah. with you or did she just walk out of the room? I think she was just being the uh, the good wife, asking the question, but not really listening for the answer. Mm. Just like, oh, yeah, okay, i got to go to bed. You know, it's like 7.45. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully she'll be watching tonight. We'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern, live here on YouTube to break down Game 2, Hawks, Sixers, and Game 1 of the Clippers Jazz. Make sure you join us if you are a stream team member. Smash that like button, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube, and uh, yeah, leave a comment below the video. Help us defeat the algorithm. Back later today, Trey and I are Top Shot Trey, showcase skeets with a little Top Shot Hot Boys. I didn't get a pack, so I will be living vicariously through TK's opening. But we do some moment giveaways uh, if you're a Top Shot Hot Boy and girl, so come join us 4 p.m. Eastern live on YouTube, give or take. Uh, just make sure you subscribe so you know when we're going live. And then, yeah, beach step in tomorrow afternoon after our daily show. Get your questions in, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in, at nodunksinc. Tess, is the computer okay? Mike's okay, everything? Uh, <laughs> yes. After everything fell over there? That was amazing. Surprising. It was like the Blair Witch. Mm. I thought something was happening. Yeah, how did it look? I oh, it looks see. incredible. Wait till you play it back, man. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. We could hear uh, you the entire yeah, time. Yeah, the phone came in handy. Yeah. At least for something. <laughs> no. Oh, the foam that had fallen off the wall. It, like, the computer well, yeah, I've got, I've got a collection. It's like a Tim Burton movie back there behind the computer. It's just sort of a, a hodgepodge of crap. <laughs> uh, no, no disrespect to Tim Horton. I, I, Tim, Tim, Tim Horton. Horton. <laughs> Tim Burton. <laughs> uh, got a double-double of foam back there. <laughs> <laughs> Freaky deaky. Uh, yeah, imagine handing over a Tim Hortons cup to a guy with six fingers instead of six toes. Does he have uh, six fingers on each hand too, JD? No, so, it's just, no. The, just the toes. Just the toes. Just the toes. Oh. Yep. All right. Well, we got new 12 toes. Shout out to old eight toes. That's a, that's a 20 right there. And you add them all together. Clipper Bros. <laughs> you heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, don't let new 12 toes fool you. The most important toe is the thumb toe. Embrace the day, people. <laughs> <laughs> you can stay every day.